Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Elizabeth Kay, another podcast here with 50 Shades of Kay. And today it's going to be about relationships and how to get the spark back in your relationship. I'm joined with Patrick Schultz, who's a licensed professional counselor with MilwaukeeCounselor.com, if you want to reach out to Patrick. And Patrick, you listened to the morning show, which is how you reached out to me on Facebook to kind of bring up this idea of let's sit down and talk about how to help people in their relationships. I do. Yeah, I listen to the radio show every morning on my way into work. Just gives me a way to kind of relax a little bit and, you know, before I start talking to people. So, well, and I'm sure you hear a lot of the relationship situations we do on the morning show. And you, as a professional, are likely in your car listening to these situations saying, oh my gosh, this morning show has it all wrong. You're giving them the wrong advice. These listeners are giving them the wrong advice because we do that a lot. People message us constantly because they kind of want the platform of public opinion Mm -hmm. because no one really knows the people involved personally. So that's why they bring these relationship problems, I feel like, to us. And do you find that when you listen to the show, are we giving really bad advice? Not usually, no. Usually a lot of it's common sense, but you know, there's times that I can, you know, I have some ideas of my own that would be, would be helpful or or worthwhile. So sometimes I kind of scream into my steering wheel a few times, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and before we get into your list here of the 10 tips to get your relationship spark back, you're married, you have a young child. Do you analyze your wife and and your marriage? Do you sit down at the table and say, well, honey, you know, I read in a book that you really should be listening to me more. No, that's actually a question I get a lot. No. Once I'm done with work for the day, my therapist hat goes off and I am husband. I am dad. I am just Patrick. That's what I do when I get home. So that's great. Well, Patrick, let's start with the list here. And it's fantastic. So many great suggestions here. So let's start with number one. All right. Take time for you. Yeah, it sounds kind of counterintuitive. You know, you're trying to get the relationship spark back with your partner, but adulthood is just, it sucks. (laughs) I mean, we get pulled in a million different directions. We have kids, we have work, bills, everything else. And then the last thing we want to do when we get home at the end of the day is spend more time with our partner and have to talk more and do this stuff. So what I encourage all of my my couples counseling clients to do is take time for themselves, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, just doing something that you enjoy, that you want to do is a great way to connect with yourself, which in turn puts you in a better position to be able to connect with your spouse. Because then you feel like you're in a better place. Exactly. And what about people that say... I don't have 20 extra minutes because you hear that a lot when they're busy with the kids and their jobs. What do you say to those kinds of people that just are resistant saying, I I don't, I don't have that time. I say that's absolute nonsense. You can find 10 minutes a day. You can find 15 minutes a day where you can just do something for you. It can be as simple as taking a bath, you know, spending 10 minutes just watching, you know, your favorite TV show, going for a walk. You can carve out 10 minutes out of the day to do anything for you. And if you think about phones and stuff like that, how much time are people spending on their phones? If you, oh, if you, absolutely. If that doesn't fulfill you, maybe eliminate a little bit of that scroll time and maybe that'll help. Yep. And that actually brings it perfectly into my next Hey, point. look at number two, put away the technology. <laughs> that I swear that wasn't planned. Okay. Put away the technology. Yeah. We are attached to our phones. We are attached to computers 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is one of the biggest things in the bedroom, in any aspect of relationships that can get in the way. Put down the phone, 
put away the computer and just connect, spend time talking, playing games, doing whatever it is that you can. I like to, as soon as I'm home, my phone goes away. I like to spend time with my wife and just kind of hang out with her, hang out with my son. That's what we like to do. Yeah. And that can be a big, big help. Well, and I find that often, and this just happened to us on vacation, my stepson, my husband, and myself, we all had our phones and we all were taking a picture of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I looked at all three of us and I thought, this is kind of messed up. Are any of us actually looking at at this or are we just taking a picture of this? And, right. and I sort of said, I'm like, okay, we need to have, we need to do this in shifts that one person's taking the picture that we're not all doing this. And yes, we have different perspective, I suppose. And we did get some cool pictures by all of us taking the same photo of the same thing, but it didn't really make it seem like we were present at that time. Right. No, absolutely. That's very true. I mean, again, like we're, we're attached to our phones. We take pictures, we check Facebook, we email, we do everything there. And we sometimes just miss out on the basic connections of being people. Yeah, you're right. Well, and I was listening to a Google exec talking about online and he said, we don't go online nowadays. We live online. Absolutely. So, okay, that's step number two, put away the technology. I like number three here, Patrick, have date nights. Once you get married or once you're in a committed relationship, you kind of lose the lose the the falling in love piece with that person. You kind of lose the I have to win them over. I have to try and gain their attention. And we just kind of go about our day to day lives and we forget that, you know, it can be fun to connect on a different level going out every once in a while. So, you know, if you have kids, get a babysitter, get family, get neighbors, friends that can watch the kids for a couple of hours, at least once a month where you and your, your spouse can get out there and go do something for you go to a bar, go do some painting classes, go for a walk, just connect on an adult level again. Yeah. You know, cause you are far more than just mom and dad and worker and house cleaner and all that stuff. I mean, you are people and lovers at the same time. Yeah. And cause you start to take on that role of, you just look at them as sort of co-parent Absolutely. that can happen a yep. lot. There was a listener that was kind of going through this, not having time for a date. And she was in a pretty tough spot with her husband. And I remember her saying, I don't have money for a babysitter. That was her thing. I have no money for a babysitter. A woman called in and said in her neighborhood, she was offering advice here, in her neighborhood where people say they don't have money for babysitters, they trade time. Mm -hmm. That there will be one mom that will babysit, you could say, someone else's kids for free, but then in turn, that mom watches her kids for free. And I thought that was a really good piece of advice from a listener to suggest that it doesn't have to be monetary. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are really good at baking and you'd say, hey, I'll make your family a meal if you watch my kids or, you know, some kind of let's go old school and do trade or something like that. And that was actually going to be my suggestion is find a way to, you know, to trade off with somebody, you know, watch their kids for a while, take them out. Little things like that to help you kind of get around some of those obstacles can be awesome. Yep. And number four, the power of touch. And again, this kind of ties. Ooh, yeah, Patrick, what's this about? <laughs> this kind of ties back into everything else that we've been talking about. I mean, we are so connected to everything and anything that we do. You know, we get home, we got to make dinner, we got to clean the house, take care of laundry, all that stuff. And we put the kids down to bed. And then the last thing you know, is you're putting your head on the pillow and you fall asleep and you're waking up and do it all over again. So spending time to be really diligent on touching your partner. I mean, holding hands, little pecks on the cheek, cuddling on the couch, little things like that often get missed and overlooked because we're so busy all the time. Well, and I think sometimes about how when you're in a, a relationship and yes, I know you, you, know, you touch and you, you know, kiss and love your kids, but obviously that affection is different than what it's going to be with your lover. Of right. course, if you think about it, that is the only person on this planet in most cases that is giving you that touch and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And if you go a while without that kind of a, a touch, like you said, even just a kiss on the cheek, which again is 
different from a spouse than it is from a child. Right. Or, you know, from a from a parent or a sibling or what have you. You do feel like you're missing something. I, I feel like we we crave that touch. And so, yeah, if you get so busy and wrapped up in things, you start to forget about it. Mm-hmm. And then you create these habits. Yep. And then they're really, really hard to break. Number five, talk to your partner. I have no problem talking. <laughs> I probably need to work on the listening. My husband's going to love that I actually said that on the record. But yeah, that's that's the truth. Uh, so talk to your partner. Yeah. Again, that's another one that, you know, we talk to our partners and our significant others every single day, but it's almost always about, you know, what are we going to make for dinner? What are we going to do with the kids this weekend? You know, how are we going to take care of the chores? This is what we got to do. We have to budget for this. And we don't just take the time to actually connect. Um, So I have a a great tool that I give a lot of my, my clients is, you know, maybe spend 10 minutes over dinner talking about a completely unrelated topic or something that you heard on the news that day and giving you guys a chance to actually just practice talking about something not house related and not bill related. People have to really retrain themselves for that. This relationship that I'm in with my husband having a stepson and the schedule's always changing and we split time with my stepson's mom and there's activities and things like that. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you that there are times where I feel like all we do is talk about I call it the administrative stuff. That's all we that's all we do. Right. And you're right that it, it's about maybe there's a song on and you say, hey, did you hear about that music artist and what they did on vacation? Blah, 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 whatever that may be, because you do get wrapped up in the money talk. And mm-hmm. when is the grass going to get cut and all of all of that stuff? I mean, it ends up becoming sort of business like. Oh, absolutely. And I think about couples, though, that have been married for a really, really long time. How do they break those kinds of habits? Uh, Being very purposeful. I mean, really realizing and being able to admit, you know what? We got a problem. We got something that isn't isn't going well. So if one spouse is recognizing that there's an issue, you know, it's very likely that there is. And, you know, really spend time to kind of come up with a game plan of what you're going to do every single day to try and change the relationship and change the bad habits that you guys have gotten into. And that's not, you know, saying that your marriage is now doomed and that it's never going to get out again. Um, But it's just being aware that, you know, you guys have gotten into a rut and it's time to work on it and make it make it different. This is all great stuff, Patrick. Uh, Number six, focus on the little things. Mm hmm. Yeah. Focusing on the little things, you know, we, again, being really fast paced, we tend to just jump from one activity to the next and never really, you know, slow down and notice things around us. And that holds true with our spouses all the time, picking up the dishes after, after dinner and unloading the dishwasher, you know, throwing a load of laundry in before you go to bed. It's those little things that are, you know, the day-to-day mundane tasks, but really paying attention to when your spouse does that and being able to acknowledge and say, you know, Hey, thanks honey for doing that. I really appreciate it can go a long way in showing that you're paying attention and you care about those things. I'm someone that my love language is like service and and deeds and things like that. Mm -hmm. I love when my husband makes the bed. I leave work very early, so he's still sleeping when I leave. Mm -hmm. When I come home for work in the afternoon, I see the beds made. I'll often text him, thank you for making the bed. Or when I, you know, the dishes, thanks for laying a dishwasher. And he'll joke sometimes and say, well, that's, that's my job. It's my house too. But I I have to remind him a lot. I'm like, but I love when you do that stuff Mm -hmm. because it shows that you value my time so that I don't have to spend the time to do it. And getting into people's love languages, I feel like is a whole different podcast that you and I should do (laughs) because that I've learned having been married before and divorced and now Mm -hmm. remarried that it is a lot about figuring out how do you speak to that person? What is their love language? Would you agree that that's important for people? It absolutely is. I mean, everybody assumes that, you know, you get into a relationship and it's just kind of on autopilot from there once you 
have the ring on the finger. It's, you know, you guys are going to sail off into the sunset and be happily married forever. And that's not the case. Relationships are hard and they take a lot of hard work. And it takes daily effort to really be successful in them. Especially when, like you said, being an adult sucks. And when a million <laughs> things get thrown at you, you know, jobs, health, money, kids, just outside factors you can't control. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it can be really overwhelming, which is why these tips are, are, are great. Uh, moving on here to number seven, laugh together. Cue the laugh track. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have that here for the podcast. But you did laugh, Patrick. Uh, So laugh together. You just mean going to see a funny movie or? Yeah, I mean, life is serious. Like Like you just said, life sucks. And we need to find ways to laugh and need to find ways just to kind of blow off some steam. I mean, there are thousands, if not millions of just hilarious YouTube videos of some of my personal favorites, people falling over and hurting themselves, you know, just being able to laugh with your partner about stupid things like that can just kind of lighten the mood and kind of let go whatever stress it is that you guys have. And I know we're talking about relationships here with your significant other, but even bringing kids, kids deal with heavy stuff too. Mm -hmm. We bought a Mad Lib book just for fun at a hobby store about a year ago and we're obsessed with it. You know what Mad Libs are, right? Where you fill in the sentence, you pick a subject, you pick the verb, you pick the noun. And we crack up doing it because we come up with these crazy sentences that don't Mm -hmm. make any sense at all, that are completely ridiculous. (laughs) And it's been a really fun way to kind of, like you said, just stop talking about all the other nonsense, but do something all together. So that's that's a fun little family thing that that we we enjoy doing, at least at our house. Um, Number eight, watch your words. I feel like this is directed... Uh, exactly at me because I <laughs> I am very I get very emotional. My husband's very logical, mm-hmm. and I will react with emotion sometimes. And this is just funny that you say watch your words because I know I sometimes can just fly off the handle. And actually, that you know the the fighting fair piece, and you know using the words when you're getting into an argument that that's a whole other podcast podcast that we could do. Write it down, Patrick. Um, <laughs> how to fight fair? We're doing that for the next podcast. Sounds good. Um, yeah, watching your words, being really really purposeful with what you say and how you say it. We never really take the time to express ourselves in a way that really adequately gets across what we want to for our spouse. You know, so it's one of those things of you kind of say something just sort of off the cuff and in passing. And then, you know, a couple hours later, it's like, oh, that's not how I meant to say it. And you wonder why your spouse is mad at you. It's just being really, really careful and taking, you know, some time out of your day or even just taking an entire day and really watching what you say and how you say it and try and be as positive or as loving as you can with the words that you say. Yeah, well said. Number nine try a new activity together. And this would be a great way to spice up that date night like we talked about earlier. We can oftentimes get into ruts with that as well. You know, we're going to go to the same movie theater and do the same thing and we're going to always go out to dinner and have a drink afterwards and then go home. Try something new. Spice it up. Variety is the spice of life. So try a cooking class together. Go out to a new festival that you guys have never been to. Walk a different route than what you normally would. Try something different and don't be afraid to experiment and see what works. Well, and it's kind of what team building is for businesses when they take people sort of out of the office and they're, I mean, coming up here at work, we have a pontoon boat day. We're all renting pontoon boats here at work. I just, as you were talking, I'm thinking that's a great thing to do with a significant other too. Mm-hmm. Just do something completely different. It's not the same, the same routine. So that's, that's a great suggestion. And then number 10 for your 10 tips to get your relationship spark back, make a top 10 list. I, I have no idea what you're talking about with this. What does this one mean? <laughs> I'm big on lists. All of my clients know this. I make lists for all kinds of things and make them do that for homework and stuff like that. 
but make a top 10 list about the top 10 things you love about your partner. You know, it could be, you know, the things that first attracted you to them, you know, the little quirks about them that you absolutely love and the things that just make you giggle like a little schoolgirl. Those are the things that are awesome. And it gives you a chance to remember the positives and the good things that you have with them. Yeah, because you did fall in love with them for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's not just a fluke that you're in this relationship and that you're together. Now, this question may be too big for you to answer, but I'm thinking of certain couples that I, I know in my life personally or you know, listeners that have written in that there's one person that particular I know of that wants to work on their relationship, but they're getting resistance from their spouse, mm-hmm. that their spouse is just like, everything's fine. No, I don't need to. That happens a lot. What do you say to someone like that? Well, I, where do they start? That's a great question. Contact um, Patrick Schultz, MilwaukeeCounselor.com. <laughs> that's that's first and foremost. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but um, oftentimes that defensiveness or you know pretending like there's not a problem is just a way to avoid dealing with it. A lot of people are really afraid to acknowledge that their relationship has problems because they're afraid of what that means. That that means we have to go talk to a couples counselor and I have to talk about emotions and all that stuff. And yes, some of that is true, but. Couples counseling has changed a lot from how it was years ago and what you know people see on TV and things like that. A lot of it is about just trying to increase communication and change what we do because we all deserve to be in happy, positive relationships that are loving, caring, things like that. And if there's an issue, that doesn't mean that it's bad or there's something wrong with it. It just means we got some things to change and work on. And there is a stigma still that if you're going to couples counseling, well, this one's done. This relationship's over. Yep. But there's a lot of people I'm sure that you work with that maybe don't even have a huge problem. They just want to work on things. In fact, there's a girl I went to high school with who was listening to our show. She informed me that she and her now husband, they've been married for 12 years, have Mm -hmm. two kids. They started going to couples counseling for their prerequisite before they were married. And they never stopped. They never stopped. And she said, we just enjoyed it. So they kept going. They mm-hmm. go to, they've gone to counseling since before the relationship and now in the marriage. Yeah, it's not a bad tool just to kind of keep up with things. It's a way of kind of checking in and making sure that everything's kind of on par and even keel. So it's a great idea just to, you know, connect with the couples counselor just to learn how to communicate better, make sure that there are no big issues that are being missed and just really taking that time to fail proof your marriage because sometimes that those issues if not talked about can start to build anger and resentment and then the walls start coming up and then it's hard to break down those walls i I would imagine you probably see a lot of that too absolutely you know somebody says well it's not a big deal we'll just deal with it later well we'll talk about this later well later never comes and before you know it five years have passed and you guys have grown further and further apart and at that point then it's like well now it seems like the marriage isn't able to be saved but if you had intervened five years ago you guys could have been in a whole different place now. I'm sure you're probably often very optimistic. I mean, look what you do for a living. You work with couples and you you need to be optimistic. Have you ever looked at couples and said, I don't think this marriage can be fixed or this? I, I say marriage. I know a lot of people are in long term committed relationships, mm-hmm. but do you ever say that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we really give it, if we give it a go and we say, you know, we've tried everything here, you guys have to kind of decide is this something that you want to just walk away from? And I mean, that's part of the couples counseling process as well is really sitting down. And if you guys have chosen to separate, sometimes just having that neutral third party there to help you guys kind of both walk away without any animosity, without any hatred, that can also be really, really helpful. Do you ever wonder what the conversations are like on the car ride home after they sit down with you? I do. I do. I mean, I usually they have homework and things to be working (laughs) on. Um, So I'm hoping that they're doing that. Yeah. But uh, no, it is... If there's a conversation that's happening on the way home, that means we did something right. 
mm-hmm. means that we connected and we got something to work and that's giving you guys something to work on. Patrick, I'm loving everything you're saying because this has always been an interest of my own. I, I really am very interested in relationships and what makes people tick and what make relationships work and things like that. So I'd love to have you back on at 50 Shades of K, but I'm sure there's people listening to this that are going to be interested and want to reach out to you. And we have everything linked up at 991themix.com or you can also just go online to milwaukeecounselor.com. Patrick Schultz, licensed professional counselor. What do you specialize in, though? I mean, do you specialize in what if it's a couple that have experienced loss of a child or blended families? Or do you have anything that you specialize in? Um, I really for infertility or anything. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't do anything with infertility. That's a whole separate issue. But I mean, I can definitely give you guys some resources. If you're interested, feel free to reach out to me. Um, but my specialty is really working on, you know, couples and marriage, premarital counseling, increasing intimacy, increasing communication, things like that. That's great. Patrick, will you be back? I would love to be back. Love it. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks a lot. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe so you can be updated when there's a new episode. So to subscribe to this podcast on your smartphone, open your podcast app or use your Google Play app. In the search box, type in 50 Shades of K. Now the 50 is spelled out, so it's five zero Shades of K. Once a podcast comes up, click on it and then hit the subscribe button. And as always, if you have any comments or suggestions for this podcast, feel free to email me at elizabethkradio at gmail.com. That's elizabethkayradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.